Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. The restriction should have been set out. But they pushed and pushed and abused and abused for so long, they lost the argument. And now they're standing there going, holy crap, guys could just leave. This is ridiculous. SI's Ross Dellinger. There's a group that's like, this is great. It's a great hire. You know, splashy. What Colorado needed. What college football maybe needs. And then you get the other group that's like, did you see what he said to his team? My God. What are we doing? And SI's Pat Forty. <laughs> he wasn't even a game manager. Then he was a game manager. Then he became a good player. And I said early this season, he's a Heisman candidate. And oh my goodness. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. Right, welcome to the pod. And uh, we set a playoff field on Sunday. And uh, when you talk to people around college sports, and uh, Ross, you're out in uh, Vegas at the, there's a, uh, what, National Football Foundation meeting, so you're even talking to more people than the rest of us. No one's too big into that. Everyone I talk to is talking about Coach Prime and, in a related matter, of course, the, the transfer portal, mm. which looks like Grand Central Station right now. Mm-hmm. People, uh, at, at, at the rush hour of people trying to get on the Long Island uh, uh, trains and all that. Total mayhem. It's great. <laughs> Some here wouldn't quite agree with that assessment, Dan. <laughs> the burden of putting together a team. It's you know, it's, I feel I feel bad because college football coaches don't really make much of a living, <laughs> and salaries keep dropping. Yeah. And athletic directors' salaries keep dropping, and everyone, you know, it's a struggle. <laughs> Change. Yeah. yeah. That's one, one of the other headlines from the last, like, week or so was the eight-figure buyouts for some athletic directors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody, sure. industries change, guys. Industries change. Mm-hmm. The rest of us have to deal with it. But, yes, it, I mean, it's it, they need to they need to get their, their calendar in order. We talked about this before. They yep. have free agency the Super Bowl, and the draft at the exact same time. <laughs> Plus the Black Monday of the NFL. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not good. They need to move signing day to March. And, you know, if you're going to enroll early or something, other than that, you can't sign early. I wouldn't even have a signing. Just have them enroll. 
Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, that, that, now that, and they used to have that, by the way. And you can still do it. You don't have to sign. Nobody has to but sign. Could, could you imagine if there was no signings and it was just basically right up to enrollment day? Yeah, is he coming or not uh, coming? We I, think he's coming. I would only, no, only for spring semester. If you're one of these kids, okay. you're Arch Manning and you want to leave okay. high school early and you can graduate early and you want to enroll in a school in January, mm-hmm. go right ahead. Okay. The national signing day should be on March 1st because you have to give some, you have to give some gap. We don't know who's, yeah. who's coaching where. We don't know what assistant coaches are coaching where. We don't know what the roster is going to look like because there's 2,000 dudes in a portal and nobody has any idea, right? So you can't move. Certain things are unmovable, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the one thing, so. Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I agree. We've been in agreement on that one. You don't for a need while. to have someone sign a national letter of intent on December 18th to tell you that they're going to enroll in school on January 3rd. Right. <laughs> okay. Like if, if you, the, the, it just doesn't change. And if you, if the, the two or three guys that end up flipping between then and enrollment day on January. So that's how I would do it. Anyway, let's get, we'll get to all that, but let's start with Coach Prime because he is, he is, embracing this in ways that make people pause, but it seems to be what the players want. Uh, So we talked a little about it Sunday, but this is a guy who, like you remember, and this is not unusual, but you, you, because you just heard it from like Scott Satterfield leaves Louisville to Cincinnati and people are, the players are upset. Like, what you couldn't even text us. Like what, what is going on? Remember Brian Kelly flew back to make sure he did it in person in like a four minute meeting last year in Notre Dame. Like prime just sits down with his team after the championship game Saturday and films it, of course, because everything's going to get filmed. (laughs) Of course. Got to document everything. Got to document just as, Hey, I got opportunity. I'm leaving. All right. Just sat down. So I just want you to hear from me and just tell, just lectures him. Then he goes to Colorado and has a meeting with his new team, which of course is filmed and released and not snippets like eight straight minutes. We're just going to pull, we're going to play some of it. Basically tells them this, this is changing. You guys are one and 11. This is trash around here. We're getting better. Either shape up or go and really doesn't care. Basically just blanketly tells everybody they want to leave, leave. Uh, says it right out in the open. And is going to embrace and is sitting there on on social media, basically telling people, "Call me." <laughs> he may take fifty guys in the portal. Yeah, I'm I'm easy to find. I think he said easy yeah. to yeah. Is he? I've heard oh, well over. This was yesterday. Over two hundred had called or reached out. Two hundred players. I had a Pac-12 assistant say, "If Deion Sanders actually messaged any of our players, half of them would go." Hmm. I'm not sure half wouldn't leave the like this is a phenomenon I don't know whether it's going to work on the field we'll see but have you ever seen anything like this before we play this audio which is absolutely mesmerizing have you ever seen a new coach with this much like just holy cow what is going on a disruptor not just fanfare of like oh my god we're Ohio State we just got Urban Meyer right that's exciting or something but like the guy's never won a game at FBS. Now, granted, he's Deion Sanders. He's Coach Prime. But have you ever seen anything like this, Pat? No, I think you made a key dif- a distinction there between somebody who's got fanfare and somebody who is a disruptor. Because, yes, when 
when Urban Meyer went to Ohio State or even to Florida, uh, when Saban went to Alabama, you know, those were earth movers, but it wasn't like, whoa, what is this guy doing sort of thing, you know? And it's and, and he's got the whole sport, like, on edge to a degree, I think. And the players, yes, mesmerized, uh, incredibly curious. Uh, and we'll see who all ends up showing up in Boulder. And then he's got to actually put together the roster and and put a team out there. Tell you what, he made a good hire getting Kent State's head coach to leave to be the offensive coordinator there, Sean Lewis, who's, who's well regarded, mm, yeah, and runs a super tempo offense, so super fast. If you start getting players and coaches, look out and at altitude. How about how about that? Like Colorado had hired him as their head coach. Go ahead, not a bad hire. Maybe a slight red. Oh, pretty good. They got him as the OC. Yeah. 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 Right. Deion Sanders got to got to leave a head coaching job. And I know it's Kent State, but still, that's you win at Kent State, you're going the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. To go be his I mean, Sean Lewis is one of those guys that, you know, like 36 they, they, years they went old. To a, yeah, yeah. Got people excited about him. And, and now he's going to be yeah. the offensive coordinator. Be the OC at the worst P Power Five school last year in the whole country. Yeah. I think, I think that Ross, uh, you ever seen anything yeah, like this? No, yeah, no. It's it's been pretty remarkable the 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 videos that have come out, the speeches. I mean, um, you know, Dion's saying a lot of things that a lot of coaches think or say privately, but they're coming out on video because he's prime and it's prime time. All cameras always got to be rolling on prime time, so we're we're kind of getting a a uh, a peek into what has probably happened for years and years with coaches coming in and basically saying, Hey, like a few things are going to happen. Like I'm either, I'm going to either going to run you off, which you also said in another clip, I believe like I'm going to either run you off and you're going to quit or you're going to make the team and, and we'll go on. But uh, yeah, he's saying things that, um, that a lot of people just think or say, or say privately. And it's been, it's been interesting to see, and you got to give it to him. He's certainly being honest. He probably didn't have to go <laughs> as far as saying, I got some luggage and it's Louie, you know, but <laughs> here we are. So, um, and, you know, there, it, it has been a big talk here. That, um, you know, like you said, Dan, I'm in, I'm, in, um, I'm in Vegas at the National Football Foundation event for the next two, two days and then the SBJ event for two more days. And so, a lot of athletic directors are here, and the buzz is two, twofold. It's it's Dion, and it's the the transfer portal. And uh, you know, it depends on who you talk to here about Dion. You're going to get just a different reaction. There's a group that's like, "This is great. It's a great hire." You know, splashy. What Colorado needed. What college football maybe needs. And then you get the other group that's like, "Did you see what he said to his team?" My. God, what are we doing? How terrible. You know, you get that group. Um, and, you know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But, yeah, it's been interesting to hear the feedback here. Yeah. No, he is a disruptor. And this is a, a culture in college football that is far more comfortable with someone releasing the video of them quoting the Bible and then during the meetings in Vegas hitting the uh, less than reputable spots, right? That's college football's old culture. This is a whole different one. Sean, play – this we're gonna let this run for a while. We don't normally do this, but I find this completely uh fascinating. If you do not have tons of spare time like us and can watch um, hours of Deion Sanders videos talking to people in Colorado, 
This is about a four-minute clip. It's amazing. He walks in, uh, just to set the scene, he walks into this team meeting room in Colorado, and uh, he mentions the facilities. You can tell he's excited about this room, which, of course, is by Power 5 standards, not good enough facilities. He's all excited. He talks about his kids on this. Half these kids did zero research on who... I, I, the first time I saw this, someone goes, you got to see this video. I watched the video. I watched the first five seconds, and I go, oh, my God, these kids didn't do one bit of research on Deion Sanders. They're going to learn a, <laughs> learn a trick. They are. Some of them are slumped in their chairs, hats on backwards, like just sort of chilling. They got their phones out like, oh, my Lord, it would have taken you 30 seconds to know this guy's going to lose it on you. And that is not how this guy plays. It's also a pretty good, a pretty good life lesson. Like if your new boss shows up for a staff meeting and, and the possibility of layoffs are (laughs) on the table, don't slunch down in your seat and be like, what you got, right? (laughs) That might not be good. I don't care if you're, you're, you're 19 or you're 59. Whatever, in all spots in between. Probably sit up and pay attention and be like, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. What do we got going? So play this this four minutes, Sean. It is, uh, we'll listen along. It is amazing. It's the spirit around this uh, team, around this school that is not traditional. In some kind of way, you guys have accepted it and you've begun to be complacent with it. And even some of the guys that aren't here that's supposed to be here, those are the ones. Oh, it's gonna stop. I still have unfinished business to do at Jackson State because whatever I start, I'm gonna finish. And we gotta go win this championship. We gonna do that. But then shortly thereafter, I just want you to know, I'm coming. Not to compete, but to win. Not to show up, but to show out. Not to be amongst the rest, but to be the best. I'm coming. I'm flat out coming. This is real. This ain't no ESPN or this ain't one of the networks you just happen to see, man. I'm right in front of you. You know why? Because I'm coming. I'm coming to restore, to replace, to re-energize some of y'all that are salvageable. I'm not gonna lie, everybody just sitting in front of the seat Ain't gonna have a seat when we get back. But I'm coming. Uh, I started, and we're gonna go dominate, and we're gonna work. I'm coming to work and not to play. I'm coming to kill it and not to kick it. I'm coming. So you gotta understand. So when I get back, ain't gonna be no hats, no meetings. Ain't gonna be no hoodies on and no meetings. Ain't gonna be no phones. I wish you would bring a phone in my meeting. Ain't gonna be no earrings in the meeting. Everybody's gonna look like everybody. I'm coming. It's gonna be a different place a different feel, a different attitude, a different energy, a different work ethic, a different want, a different hunger, a different desire, a different need, a different capacity. It's gonna be a different reach. I'm coming. See, by now you gotta feel it. You can feel what I'm saying, you can feel where I'm coming from, and you know I ain't playing because I got the credentials to back it up, I'm coming. And you gonna hear me, because it's gonna be little silent little footsteps that you don't even have to strain. But you don't know, I'm coming. Just the sake of my voice, the commitment to excellence, that there's not gonna be any more mediocrity, period. I'm coming. Some of y'all that really got it, that really want it, 
and really deserve it, and you got to play beside a fool that don't want it, don't deserve it, that don't even love it, I promise you it's my job to get rid of it. I love everything about this, this institution. I mean, the academics prevalence, no crime, beautiful city, beautiful state. We've never had nothing of sort to work out in, to, to trade in. Our kids would go absolutely crazy to be in the situation that you're in. But you don't respect it. Okay. You don't want it. Okay. Some of y'all don't even think you deserve it. Okay. And usually when God sends me to a place, he sent me to a place to be a conduit of change. Okay. Uniforms may not even look like they look now. Okay. The cleats, I guarantee you, it's going to be some special. Okay. We got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me. And it's Louis. Okay. It ain't going to be no more of a mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades now. I'm coming. And when I get here, it's going to be changed. So I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in that portal and do whatever you're going to get. Because the more you jump in, the more room you make. Because we bring kids that are smart, say that smart, smart. tough, tough. Fast. fast, disciplined, disciplined. with character. One more time. Smart, smart, tough, tough, fast, fast, discipline, discipline, discipline. with character. That's the one we're going to get. Is that you? He goes on to ask a bunch of them if that that, that represents them. I'm not sure all of them were convinced they were. <laughs> he he told he told his his new players basically, where I'm going to come in and replace you. Uh, also, chant with me. <laughs> about how good the new guys are. The, the, about the, the replacements. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So you go, I mean, this is this is harsh, but this is direct. He puts that video out. It has over four and a half million views. Mm. And Any? and the players and the parents and the high school coaches, enough of them love it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, over 200 players had reached out in a in a day. You know, he's going to bring this, this, this. You got, like, th- there's enough kids that are saying, that's what I, I mean, he fires you up, right? Miss? Well, that, yeah. like, the rhetoric's incredible. Just like, uh, he, pre- he could absolutely yeah. be in a yeah. pulpit. Yeah. I'm coming. Mega church. Yeah, I'm coming. You know, it's, yeah. he could be a speechwriter for a politician. It's incredible. He could be a politician himself. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, he 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 knows how to grab your attention and keep it. That's for sure. And then, I think he did. He put the fear of fear of loss of scholarship in those guys. And to your point, Dan, he was just he was honest. And they said, "This is how it's going to be." And that's one of the things Dion does. He was the he's the only coach in history to say, "Yes, I have an offer from Colorado." You know, yeah. or or any other school. <laughs> so, it's uh, it is a different, completely different approach, completely new day. And if it's going to bring in 
35 new players, Colorado's going to look a lot different next year. And let's let's be uh let's be honest here, you know, there's a lot of teams that out there that are going to bring in 35, 40 new players. We're we're seeing it. I mean, so they're they're not alone. And there's a lot of new coaches, uh, first year coaches that are, are going to come in and, and bring, you know, 30 to 40 new players. So this is just this is something we kind of all have to like get used to in college football is it's it's kind of twofold like you know the players and the athlete rights movement has led to you know open and free transfer but at the same time you know I think coaches felt like feel like okay now they can go anywhere and play immediately well like that gives me the right to also show them the door even though that's happened for years basically uh now it's right. just becoming more open and in public and it's it's probably happened a lot more yeah but i mean if you're going to bring in 30 to 40 then a lot of them have to go mm. and guys gotta go yes this has been the way of the world for a long time ross you're right but now i think it's it is much more open and it's more i think it's more acceptable just because the players yeah. have the chance to move uh as well as they do and and you know the transfer portal is now wide open because college football and college basketball lost the PR war on this and lost their 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 high ground because I I am sympathetic to the argument I've said many times it is not a punishment to make someone sit out a year and get a free year of college that is not a punishment okay you want to transfer Hey, here's a free year of college and a free year of training and a free year of food and a free year of all that stuff. That's not really a punishment. But they lost that because these coaches, and this is what happens, and these admin ADs never know when to stop. And they pushed and they would bar a transfer from 37 schools and 40 schools and anywhere in the conference and anyone we might play for the next two years. Because that backup tight end might know all of our state secrets. And we lose a game in two years. And this and this and this. And they were punitive in their restrictions on where they there never should have been a restriction. No, no. The restriction should have been set out. Yeah. But they pushed and pushed and abused and abused for so long, they lost the argument. And now they're standing there going, Holy crap, guys could just leave. This is ridiculous. Well, yeah, but that was because you put you boxed them into that corner. Okay. Well, and I, I hear a lot from administrators, even here in Vegas in just the last few months, about how you hear, oh, man, the pendulum has swung so far the other way to the athletes. And they're right. It has. Probably because it was pushed that direction because of all the restrictions and limitations. And so because college athletics didn't change and adapt quick enough, it it was shoved all the way. And it is. And you know what? It probably is going to have to swing back a little bit because we are way out there. But it's it's really college sports and its administrators. It it's it's their own it's their own fault for why it's shove that so far that other direction no doubt about it that's i mean this is they created their own backlash with this and with the amateurism the the we the insistence on controlling everything the insistence on wielding power over the athletes and eventually it just got to the point where people were like wait a minute why why if 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 
West Virginia is going to play with in Lubbock for money and UCLA is going to Piscataway to play for more money, the players need to have some of the money. And if the coaches can get up and leave tomorrow after saying the day before, I'm not going anywhere and be the head coach at some other school the next day, then the players should be able to do the same thing. So that's where it comes down to that is you've just, you created a system that was so completely inequitable that was all power to the administrators, the institution, and the adults. And, and eventually, it was like, wait a minute, this is b- We got to do something about this. And so, yeah, that's that's where we're at. Yeah. So is this maybe ideal? Is this exactly the way you would draw it up? No, I'm sympathetic to that argument. But you know what? Nobody had any sympathy when we were screaming about things. You know, I remember the quarterback in Miami. I think it was Robert Marv. It was like, mm-hmm. couldn't... Uh, couldn't transfer the closest division one uh, high, a high major school he could transfer to was like Purdue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was from Tampa. He played in Miami. Like, the, uh, maybe like Pitt. I know, but I mean, Pitt. It was like eight. Like, come on. Like, come yeah. on. No, like, at ridiculous. some point, the world isn't going to change because this one guy. So now, yeah, you just got guys bouncing around, bouncing around. Hey, this is it. This is the thing. These coaches embrace or not. This reminds me on a smaller scale or a much bigger scale to the one-and-done in college basketball when all of a sudden everyone was going, I can't coach these one-and-dones. You can't build a culture. You can't build a team. You can't do this. can't do that. These guys only want to come in and be here for four months and go to the league. And John Calipari sat at Memphis and said, I'll take him. I'll coach him. And all of a sudden, his entire career was made. He went from a guy who was like a good coach and made a Final Four UMass, but kind of a Sweet 16 guy. And all of a sudden, he's a national title game, and he goes to Kentucky, and he's got, you know, and he's bringing in five dudes a year and going, this is how it's going to be. Embrace mm-hmm. it or not. Yeah. And and then soon enough, hey, it's Mike Krzyzewski saying, wait a minute, I got to do this. It's all right. I'll coach a team for one year. It's a one-year thing. And you're going to have to get in on it and, and just embrace it. This is where we're at. So, yeah, that's hey. I was sitting in a coach's office in August, and he said, chaos creates opportunity. And that coach was Sonny Dykes. He's doing okay with the chaos right now. (laughs) How many did he bring in? He didn't bring in a bunch. I mean, he he had good players there. Yeah, and that's the thing. They they had just gone. The program had gone stale with Gary Patterson, but they brought in some some defenders. Huh? Know, I mean, def- I feel like the yeah, defense, defense added a yep, few yep. Yeah. secondary. I thought, pieces. yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. I uh, I it, it's funny chaos. You talking about chaos? Chaos also you know causes um, change in in Congress. You know, often there's there's been like the last two years. You know. Obviously, the NCA and college administrators have spent a lot of time in D.C. trying to get an NIL or athlete compensation bill passed and with no luck at all. And uh, a lot of them were rooting for chaos in order to – because Congress, the only way they act is chaos. And, you know, we're starting to get there, at least from an administrative point of view, that this is chaos. And um, there is actually – Somewhat optimism. The last few discussions I've had with people in here last night about Congress and Congress's attention now on this chaos. In you know, will it turn into some bill? I don't. I don't know. But they're they're getting their attention. Dan, you you seem like you'd like to say delusional. Something. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're delusional. Okay, think about all right, just so think about this, all right? Oh, well, I, I get it. Oh, there's too much movement, there's money, there's all this stuff. Okay. So let's say you're looking at this from afar. You don't know that much about college football. And then you watch Deion Sanders, right? Watch that speech. Does he look like he's upset about the chaos? No. no. Not at all. <laughs> nope. Is this a guy you know what? Hey, Deion Sanders. I remember that guy. Played baseball and football. Coach Prime looks like he's speaking directly to the players. The players love him. There's no chaos. They're good with it. Some people are are upset about it, and many people are not. Mm. But you you're gonna have a hell of a time convincing. And I understand politics these days have no the parties have no base like beliefs. There are no beliefs. It's just our team versus your team, and they they contradict. But I I will until the, a bill gets passed and signed. I am going to be stunned if you can convince politicians of whatever political party that we need federal legislation to stop members, their own constituents, from making money legally. I, I, I got a hard time saying someone's going to come in and go, hey, we have poorer people in your constituencies that are getting paid by richer people in your constituency for perfectly legal reasons. We need to stop it. Yeah. Well, and, and good yeah, luck. That's a great point. And, you know, which the, party uh, is subscribing to that theory? Which one? The, and I know they don't subscribe to anything, but which one is stating our claim? You know what we need to do? We need to stop rich people giving money to poor people. <laughs> we need older people to stop giving money to younger people. That is, I stand on that and I please vote for me. <laughs> I, is there anything left? And then you got Deion Sanders going, this is great. This is great. And someone's going to go, well, maybe this guy's got a point, not just this dude. I think so that I think um, they're delusional. Well, and it, yeah, I mean, uh, you and a lot of others believe, yeah, that, that this will never, ever happen, or at least is a long, long time away. You know, Kyle, there's, the midterms were pretty significant when it come, came to uh, college athletics. I think a lot of people in college athletics believe that if Republicans had won back the Senate, that they would have a better chance in getting an NIL bill through or a more friendly, NCAA-friendly NIL bill through. Obviously, that didn't happen, right? It's going to stay the same, or if not, the Democrats will pick up one um, with an election in Georgia pending. So it's it's going to be really hard. It's 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 going to be difficult because, you know, we've discussed it on the show before, but, you know, Democrats want a big, a broad bill that has a lot of athlete protections, probably would allow, like, unlimited transfers, which we're really seeing anyway, and Republicans push back against a lot, that long-term health care, you know, all that stuff. They want all that in a bill, Democrats do, and Republicans don't, and so something tells me we're going to be at a standstill for a while, yeah. a while longer. You know, I don't think this is a pressing issue for America, the average American. Mm-hmm. No, there's a few no. other things going on that they probably should focus yeah. their time on. But hey, we'll see. I don't know that much about how it all works in D.C., but this just seems like a loser. Yeah. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. 
Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. So, the, it, the uh, speaking of the portal, the interestingly, the position that is maybe seen more people enter the portal is quarterback. And we saw this last year where they shuffle around and some of them find spots and some it works out and some it doesn't. Jane Daniels has an incredible season at LSU. Spencer Rattler gets a second chance and has a really good season at South Carolina, particularly late. Other guys it doesn't go for. But it's interesting because the quarterbacks, so generally they're your mo- they're your team leader. They're the guy with the most connection with the head coach. Uh, they're often the one of the first guys in a recruiting class to commit. Quarterbacks go early, mainly because generally you only want one good one. They got to sort themselves out. You can't have four quarterbacks commit to the same school. Occasionally mm-hmm. happens, but that's just the recipe. But they're moving everywhere. Ross, yeah. what's up with the QBs? I think it's almost 70 guys already. Yeah, I don't know the exact count. I know that we've hit uh, as of, um, I guess it's what, is it noon, noon Eastern? We've hit 1,000 players in the portal. 1,000 FBS, I believe, FBS players in the portal. Of that 1,000, I think there's at least 70 quarterbacks in the portal as of now of some numbers from various outlets in the latest, actually, as we're like um, doing the pod, is JT Daniels from uh, <laughs> from West Virginia, who uh, will be on his fourth school. JT went, of course, started his career at USC, went to Georgia, West Virginia, and now will be going to his fourth school. So as a lot of administrators predicted, the one-time transfer exception isn't going to be one time. It's 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 going to be unlimited. You know, in in that's how it's that's how it's it's going to go. Waivers are going to be granted because there's legal issues if you don't grant waivers. You know, Pat Pat knows Tom Mars pretty well. Like, guess what? Tom's probably going to get involved if you don't grant a waiver for for whatever reason. So, uh, yeah, we got over a thousand. It's uh, it's a big hot topic here in in Vegas. I would imagine you know with the the quarter will close in January, so we are still a month away from the portal closing and then it reopens in the spring you know we're we're looking at probably 2500 to 3000 players going to be in the portal and keep in mind i think there's around 13,000 or 14,000 somewhere around there fbs players in general so it's going to be about 15% 20% maybe uh, as high as 20% of players who are on the move it's actually higher than that because one quarter of your players are graduating. Yep. yep so true. <laughs> it's yep. Like, right. So practically a third of your of your mm-hmm. guys. And I I I do feel for the assistant coach who's sitting there going, like, how much film can I watch? Mm. <laughs> like I got <laughs> I got sixteen yeah. guys here for this linebacker spot, and I I I, I get that they got to come up with a better calendar. Well, this I, is they do. Stupid. They and they're look they're yeah. looking at it. They've. They in we reported a couple months ago the the three hundred the new three hundred sixty five day calendar still like a work in progress but they're looking at like shifting things around I but uh, speaking of like coaches and assistants and all that I had an SEC administrator last night here in Vegas come up to me and he he said you know I don't feel sorry for our coaches very much but I feel sorry for our coaches right now and, and, and <laughs> right. he went into the whole portal you know the portal situation so. Well, interestingly, now, 
One of the reasons, too, that you get more leverage, I think, for these immediate transfers, you get more guys that are graduating. For part of, first of all, the, the COVID situation, which once that kind of rinses itself out, we're still a couple years away from that, from the free COVID year kind of washing out, and, and we're just going to have fewer uh, experienced players in college because right now we're just flush with people that are in the fifth and sixth years. But the COVID year... Uh, but the other thing is, now the coaches outsmarting themselves, administrators outsmarting themselves is, well, they discovered online classes. They discovered ways to fast track players to get graduated so that they could sell this idea of, hey, you come to school like Clemson, come here for three years, you'll leave with a degree. Wait a minute, what? It used to be four years was hard to get a degree. Well, at Clemson, we can fast track you in three because we can. We've got all these tricks to do it, and everybody else now has got that too. And so you got all kinds of online classes and people going to school in intercessions and through the summer and everything else, which is another way for coaches to keep control of everybody to keep everyone on campus all year round. Uh, and then, then they've they've got a grad, they've got a degree, and they still got two years of eligibility. And they're going to be moving, moving, moving. That's why, like, JT Daniels, who, who knows? He might have gotten a degree two years ago. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, they, they, there's, that's going to accelerate it, too. Yeah. And good. Yeah, I mean, getting degrees is part of the deal, right? That's what yeah. we want. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Get get your degree. Go wherever you want. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Yeah. Not all of the stuff is, like, bad. or I think right. that's what's shocking Coach some of the coaches. I mean, I get it. They're just totally overwhelmed. I mean, it's it's absurdity. And they're trying to recruit at the same time. Right. Like, this is uh, already yeah. a busy enough time. They're trying to prepare for bowl season, and they're scouting that. And then, hey, I got to fly over here and have a home visit with this kid. And so you, you cannot do all of this at once. And the right. easiest thing to me to move is the recruiting. This early signing period is a waste of time. Move it into March. Deal with it, and and you just something's got to give because these guys are gonna, you know, I don't care how much money you make, and this is impossible. But it's wild because programs can get a kid out of the portal that no one else had time to scout. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of it's going to be kind of interesting, and so that's well, why you know, yeah. like you you, I don't know. Hey, look, say, let's say there's some industrious coach at the in in the MAC, and he watches the film of this kid who's transferring from Virginia Tech that didn't play a whole lot or something. I'm just coming up with name number, you know, uh, examples. But he watches the the 14 snaps he had. Says this kid's really good, and then he bought, gets them, and you go, well, how the hell did this kid end up? Well, it was the only one who called me. Yeah. No, I, mean, I tried to get everyone in the Big 12 to look at me, but nobody did. So this guy at, at Ball State did, and all of a sudden you got yourself a player. It's it's totally out there. Yeah. we. I mean, we've seen that. Some guys that came through the portal that, you know, nobody was expecting to be stars that have been. And whether it's just change of scenery or they were underappreciated, underrated. I mean, you always go back to Kenneth Walker the third. Yeah. But the past, like, three years, there have been – multiple of those guys they're like oh my gosh this guy is incredibly good jake bobo the receiver at uh, ucla he was at duke before and he goes he goes to ucla he's the leading receiver there he's their big play threat like it's it, it, there is something to be said for for being able to unearth players that uh either hadn't gotten the chance or just were not underused or whatever yeah anyway it's wide wide open uh what else they, anything else they're talking about out there uh ross Dion portal. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always been talk, especially since we're out West of realignment and, 
media rights stuff. You know, the Pac-12 hasn't uh, hasn't released anything on its uh, media rights deal, and I think a lot of that might have to do with UCLA. So, you know, the U- UC regents um, have been giving the Bruins quite a hard time for their decision to leave the Pac-12, and uh, they meet again to make a final decision on it. I believe it's December 17th, I think, or 14th? Uh, 14th, 14th. Okay, 14th, okay. So about a week out. And I think the Pac-12 is kind of waiting because I think there's a chance, uh, maybe very small, 5 to 10% maybe, that the UC regents say, no, you can't go. And then, of course, we'll have a long legal battle, and that'll be probably crazy. But I think they're kind of waiting to see if <laughs> they can incorporate uh, UCLA in this media rights deal. Um, and I actually, now that I'm talking about that out loud, I need to get with George Klavkov. He's been out here. Or he'll be out here all week and try to see, corner him to see what's going on there. But he probably won't say much. Uh, but that's a talk, you know, the realignment. But it has died down. I think we all, I, you know, knock on wood, whatever. I, I think we all know now that a lot of July and August reporting about big shifts and more realignment shifts, especially with regards to Pac-12 teams going to Big 12, was was a little overblown in other Pac-12 teams going to Big Ten was probably a little overblown or certainly way premature. It just doesn't feel like we're gonna we're gonna see that. I went to the Big Ten reception last night. It's funny, a couple like two or three weeks ago, a person I was talking to a person in the Big Ten and he said two or three weeks ago he thought there was really a shot that they might add some more teams. Like and he feels like that shot, that window has has closed, which tells me that the Pac-12 is getting close to deal with like an Amazon and maybe ESPN um, media rights companies that kind of pick the Pac-12, pick pick getting the best Pac-12 games over getting the last, the worst Big Ten games. You know, so it's been really funny. We've talked about this before, but the Amazons and the ESPNs and all that. They they control maybe realignment in a way. You know, if, if they pick the Big Ten and they give money to them, a couple hundred million dollars for a package, they can go, you know, get to 20 teams. But if they instead go with the Pac-12 and, and maybe get the best Pac-12 teams for their money, which it seems like they're going to do. Um, so when whenever that does happen, I think realignment will, will calm. Like I said, I think a lot of the reporting was a little premature. But yeah, that's so that's been the a little bit of banter uh, about that as well. Yeah, I talked to uh Klikoff last week when I was out at Pac-12 championship game and and he said 2023 for media rights. They're in no rush and he said one of the reasons they don't have to rush now that the Big 12 got their deal done, they're the only one in the market and they're the mm-hmm. only one in the market for 8 years. So they can take their time. Uh, the feeling I got is that when you are incorporating some of the non-traditional entities here, it's a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. There's a little more learning curve. And so it's just going to take, it takes time to get everybody on the same page of, hey, what can you do? What can we get you? What can we do for you? That sort of thing. And so they are not fast-tracking that. Yes, A, the UCLA situation has to rectify itself. B, media rights. See, they look maybe to add schools. That's that's the order of events for them. And the feeling I got, and you know, this is always the feeling, but it seemed pretty legitimate from the schools and administrators there was, we're going to be all right. We're going to make it through this. We're going to have a good media rights package. 
We're going to be able to keep our schools. We are not as worried about the Big Ten grabbing anybody else. And uh, the Big 12 is not going to be able to raid us. And so I think that's that's that was the general feeling I got. And to your point, Ross, yes, when these things first happen, they're so shocking that I think the assumption is, oh, my gosh, the ship be sinking. And it's not necessarily sinking. It's just taking on water and you got to plug the leak, but the ship can stay afloat. Yeah, and there's also, I think, still a hesitancy of like, do we really want to add teams when our path to a playoff, right? Yeah, in two years becomes right. why? Why are we adding teams both in the Big Ten and in the yep. Pac-12? Like, hey, yeah. you know, this I don't need that, and certainly a whole bunch of teams in the Big Ten are going. Well, I don't need more, right? I got enough problems. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And why, if you're Oregon and Washington, we talked about this before, but why the heck? Yeah. Would you move and, and and make more difficult your path to the CFP in a 2018 to 20 team Big Ten than a 10 to 12 team Pac 12? I mean, I, it it wouldn't it just wouldn't make yeah it would make financial sense in a way, but man, it better be a lot 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 more money if you're going to do that. You know, maybe we should think about the fans a little bit in the com- right. your community yeah. and getting to a national championship. Yeah, no, I mean, it's got to make a lot of dollars and cents for it to make sense. All right, quickly, Heisman finalists, Caleb Williams is going to win it. Uh, Max Duggan, TCU, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State. Stetson Bennett of Georgia makes the finalist yeah, who gets to go to New York. Um, so how man, about that? How about that, man. Dan? Let's, can we talk <laughs> about that, Dan, for he, a second? The law firm will be – he'll be there uh, interviewing <laughs> at White Shoe Firms in New York. <laughs> Hey, congrats uh, to Stetson. I'm not offended. As people were like, I can't believe it's Stetson. I'm like, whatever, man. Uh, no, I, I'm not offended at I, all. But let's I mean, just just to just to review here. I was wrong. Stetson was right. <laughs> he wasn't even a game manager. Then he was a game manager. Yeah. Then he became a good player. And I said early this season, he's a Heisman candidate. And oh my uh, goodness. Well, I uh, look, come on. I Bryce Young is still should have gotten the I'm not going to do this because it, it makes it sound like I don't. Um, okay, pick it. You got a game tomorrow. Who are you picking? Bryce Young, Stetson Bennett. Come on, like great know. season. Who else is on the team. Oh, give me a oh, good. You can have him. I'll take Bryce. I'll take okay. Bryce every time. Bryce Young could have repeated. I know he's not going to. I know how this thing works. I'm not going down that path. Bryce Young's a hell of a football player. But whatever. Congrats to Stetson Bennett. I hope he has a great time in New York. CJ, Caleb, and Max also. Hope they have a, a terrific time. I, I think Caleb's going to win it, but I think things got closer over the weekend. With I, Max? Think Max Duggan, I think Max Duggan's going to be second. Unbelievable. Well, yeah. that might be yeah. true, but... I think so, too. That might be true. Max, if, he leads, if Max think, leads them back and, win, and they win and he puts up like 100 win? more passing Ooh. yards, it's probably really tight. Yeah. I don't I, think it's going to be I that tight think, now, but... I think it's like the 40% of the voters just like tune in the last weekend, too. Oh, it's yeah. the the prisoner of the moment last impression thing is unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I, I, no, I do, certainly don't want to get into politics, but like, so they got the Georgia runoff. I saw this. I just happened to see on the online that someone put up the headline, and it was like one guy's got forty eight percent, and one guy's got forty seven, and then there's four percent undecided or something like that. I was like, okay, they've been running for like a year and then they have a run all like you're still sitting there in the last day How going, you be ah, like at some point, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't care who you vote for, but that's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna see what moves me today. Like they've been running for the same seat for like three years. Anyway, pick a side, man, pick a side. Want to throw one more Heisman dynamic out there to you all. Since the Heisman Trophy 
can sometimes be the Nobel Peace Prize or, you know, Kennedy Senator honors or whatever of football. If you have a profane manicure on your hands and you lose a game, <laughs> are you penalized for that <laughs> by the voters? Hey, last night, that was a topic here, too. There was some admin- a couple of administrators came up to me, and, and boy, they were, are we going to have a Heisman Trophy winner who paints vulgar sayings on his nails. Now, what does that show to the youth of America? And I was like, Jesus, I need another drink. Lord. I mean. <laughs> I'm telling you, there, I, I guarantee with, with, with 900 and some voters, some of whom are like 900 years old, that some of them were <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not voting for that kid. I mean, it was a weird thing to paint on your nails. It I got was. It. He does it every game. It's a thing he does, but, you know. It's what he does. And and I respect it because he has to step in there. This is why the the place where trash talk matters least to me is boxing and MMA. Say whatever the hell you want about the other guy. You're getting (laughs) locked in a cage with him. Right. Okay, say what? If you want to trash him, go ahead. He has a chance to literally kill you. Fine. So I'm kind of like, hey, the guy wants to paint it and anger these dude 300-pounders that are trying to murder him. Okay. Seems weird, but we'll see. Does, does, does he lose the, the, a certain segment of the, fan, of the voting bill lock? I don't know. I have a feeling Caleb will win, but. Yeah, he's yeah I think win. he probably will. Yeah. Tune in Saturday night. He's not, he's not, his, his numbers are too good. They're just, they're incredible. And if you watch him play, I mean, it, it's. I mean, kid is kid is really really good. Yeah, his spectacular plays are so spectacular too. Yeah, yeah. He blew. I mean, when I I covered the USC Notre Dame game, we talked about it. You know, was there live? And I mean, I just that at the end of the game, I was like, I can't. What? What? Who? Who else could compete with this? You know, I mean, he he the things he did was just just crazy. Bryce Young, Bryce Young can. Bryce Young can. All right. Scott Satterfield enters the season in Louisville on the hot seat. He lands some good recruits. And we thought, well, maybe that's going to give him the pause. They start two and three. Now he's probably going to get canned. Then they finish pretty strong. They still lose to Kentucky. Fan base isn't loving him. He gets the Cincinnati job. Jumps to Cincinnati. And in a weird twist, Cincinnati and Louisville are playing each other. And the day he takes this, he leaves... From Louisville to Cincinnati, they have a press conference together in Fenway Park. <laughs> Weird. Now we have Jeff Brom, the, the 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 Louisville icon, who last summer talked about coming back in some secret meeting with a with a closed down high school. <laughs> Does he leave Purdue this time after six years and doing a really good job? Is now the timing? Fortunately, we have a Louisville correspondent. Hat. What the hell's going on down there? It's mayhem right in the national capital of weird. I mean, <laughs> if you if you if you need a weird college athletic story, there's a good chance it's happening here. Yeah, this was a wild one. <laughs> Didn't see this one coming at all. Satterfield had kept his job. It was close. It was back and forth. He wins five out of six games. Goes gets to seven and four. They're gonna keep him. Maybe even give him a raise. But then you go lose to Kentucky for the third time in three meetings, all by double figures. And the raise is off the table. I'm not sure it was ever actually on the table. But you were not going to get a raise, maybe not an extension. 
but you're going to be able to keep your job. Next thing you know, and I wonder if Cincinnati whiffed on some people that they were hoping to get, but all of a sudden Cincinnati's list starts looking like some Mac guys and nothing else. And then all of a sudden, boom, bang, Monday morning, Satterfield's the guy. And it's funny, I Ross knows this. I like I was doing actually the second best podcast out there, Kornheiser's podcast, like eight something. And I hang up and there's a message, a text from Ross. Did you see the news? And I'm like, what? And then it was like the Satterfield. I was like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding. And yes, not only are they playing in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl in two weeks, but <laughs> reps from both schools were going to Boston that day, that morning, to meet and talk about how they're gonna promote the game. The best way to promote the game would be to put Satterfield in a chair between the two teams because they're on the same sideline. It's like put him in oh, a bubble right. or something and that's let right. both sides at him. Or whatever. Fenway, you got to be on one sideline. Yeah, yeah. Both teams on the same sideline. So it's crazy. It's actually a win for Louisville. A lot of people here wanted him gone, but you'd have to pay a buyout. Now you're getting a buyout. You're getting money to change coaches. And you can put that money toward the fever dream, what has been the dream for years, which is bringing mm. Jeff Brom home as the coach of the Cardinals. I mean, you could not get more Louisville than that. And we've discussed a thousand times on this show, having connections and nostalgia really doesn't matter. But what if you have connections and nostalgia and you can coach? And then Jeff Brom can coach. And so he's absolutely the number one target. He's listening. We'll see where this goes. I suspect by later in the week he will be the coach of the Cardinals, but we're a long way from that. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's only so far he can go at Purdue, especially as they're adding teams. He's done yeah. a great job. It, it just it feels like it's going to happen. No offense to Purdue. You got that drum, though. You, you haven't come <laughs> clean on the drum. <laughs> it's so, their chance for a fresh start. Maybe just tell admit, the truth about the drum when maybe, you hire your next coach. Tell the truth about the drum and maybe admit there's no such thing as West Lafayette. It's just one <laughs> little town. <laughs> You're not big enough to have two two sides. So next time I'm up there, I'm going to bring you back a glass vial of Tippecanoe River water that separates. Yeah, I know. West yeah, Lafayette that, that, yeah. The, the the river. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the big river in the middle. It's okay. Yeah. You can have just a river go through the middle of town. <laughs> it, many towns have it. You have a small bridge. Mm -hmm. To cover anyway, we will see what happens. We'll we'll cover that in the in the future. All right, we want look. We know a lot of people listening to this are about to have office holiday parties, right? It's 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 office holiday party season, and uh, we know our listeners. You know, maybe best behavior is not always. We're not always on our best behavior. We're known prone to maybe some mistakes out there. Make good decisions, but sometimes we don't. So I want to use this as a warning. You know, don't get too drunk. Don't drink too much with the boss. He's still the boss. Yeah, whoever else in the office is, uh, you know, giving you a look that don't act on that at the party, please. <laughs> like, that's a mistake. But I got to bring this one up that I didn't think we had to. This is from M Live in Traverse City, Michigan. Traverse City police were needed to break up a fight Friday night between two 30-year-old men attending a work-related holiday party. Okay, we don't know what the company was, but they were having an early holiday party. And apparently at this holiday party, people dressed up in characters. So oh, it's kind no. of a Halloween thing. Such Hall a bad decision. Halloween and a holiday party. As such, one of the 30-year-old men 
who was dressed as the Grinch, <laughs> was arrested for allegedly assaulting the other man who was dressed up as a reindeer. <laughs> Grinch on reindeer crime. All right. Yes. Police were called to the hotel Indigo Friday night and discovered the man dressed as a reindeer defending himself from the Grinch as the Grinch was punching him. <laughs> now, what uh, do you think went through the cops' mind when they saw that? Well, I don't paid enough. Yeah. Police believe the incident was fueled by alcohol consumption. Shocking. Mm. Shocker. You don't And not say. the size, not the size of either man's heart, of course. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so a couple questions uh, here. First off, the reindeer. Which one? Donner, Dixon, what do <laughs> First, you're supposed to be rolling eight deep. Where are the other reindeer getting your reindeer back? Where's Rudolph? You can't let one. It's it's one on nine if you fight the reindeer, right? <laughs> if you got your backup, if you got your posse with you, I mean, that's the problem. If you're out solo. Well, what, is there one reindeer? Like, that's a terror. That's like that little dog that the Grinch uses to try to pretend it's a reindeer. Well, it's probably an indication this guy didn't have many friends. Yeah, apparently that's true. two i think grinch is easily the bat if there's going to be a battle royal amongst these characters grinch is going to beat their ass i think grinch is absolute favorite to whoop some ass at that thing he may have got arrested he probably gave a wink to mrs claus got her to bail him out <laughs> grinch i'm taking grinch in a christmas christmas I'm, character yeah. battle royal yeah i'm taking i'm taking grinch yeah for sure i i Again, though, look. Bottom line: Do not have a don't don't turn your Christmas party into a costume party. You know, just put out the food, <laughs> Come on, put Pat. out the drinks, have some fun, live a do little. Do it. Sometimes that's a gonna, reindeer gets a little that's mouthy. Not fun. If Sports Illustrated said, "Let's have a costume party for Christmas," you know what you would say, Ross? The same thing I'd say. Oh God, no. Yeah. <laughs> you would not be like, okay, yes. <laughs> open bar. Get a open bar costume. Yeah. If, you know. if the open bar depended, like if if you were only having an open bar, if you dressed up, then okay, I would do it. But if the otherwise, no, no, no. The reindeer are named Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, and Cupid, and then Dunder and Blixum. Donner, isn't it? Donner, Donner and Dunder. Donner. Dunder and Blixum. Okay, well, whatever. According to the Dutch. Uh, oh, see, Donner and Blitzen. Dutch. Yeah, Donner, Donner and, Blitzen. and I don't know. Yeah. yeah, one means thunder, one means lightning in Dutch. Really? Is that okay. where that came from? Huh. I I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sometimes every once in a while, man, Prancer gets a little mouthy and he's got to get got. <laughs> and and fortunately, up in Traverse City, there was a there was a Grinch ready to do it. So that's the thing, Traverse City. I can understand why you would have your Christmas party early up there. <laughs> it's already because... snowing. It's already snowing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, but it, yeah, it's deep winter already. How was the holiday party, hon? Uh, oh man, <laughs> Grinch beat the living crap out of Prancer. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Those two sitting in the Traverse City jail in their little costumes, one bloodied. What's the yeah, other reason? I don't he even went... know what other criminals they have. Crime in Traverse City? I don't. It's like a. It's like a place where they sell fudge and T-shirts to tourists. That's... <laughs> Everybody's up there ice fishing. Not... <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Anyway, 
But, uh, heads on a swivel, people. Heads on a right. swivel. Be careful. You know, if your company parties. says wear costumes to the party, be beware. First beware. of all, don't go. But secondly, beware be of Grinch. Beware yeah. of Grinch. All right, that's our show. Uh, we'll be back next week. We did not have, we're not uh, Army Navies this weekend. Awesome game. Uh, we could spend five minutes uh, speaking about that, but you know we're you know whatever. We're not going to get that <laughs> sentimental. Great game. Be fun to watch. Cool uniforms, gonna... I will say. Both sides. They they always they they, they do, do theme step them up that up. For, yeah, they do step those up based on you know historic uh, military events and units and that sort of thing. And it, it, they do a really cool job with that. I hope uh, it usually gets a great rating, and I hope a lot of people watch. Yeah. It's always fun. Uh, you know who gets to sing second, right? That's it. That's uh, that's the big thing. So uh, you'll never see a game, a regular season game, where that means more to the people, the players than that. Like mm -hmm. the heartbreak at the end of those are, are oh, yeah. amazing and the celebration. So, but we're not going to have a uh, overreaction. No, <laughs> trash no. than trash the navy or the army. <laughs> um, Maybe Sean Anderson can give us a, a quick recap of the FCS playoffs. We will have the FCS playoffs <laughs> going on. We'll have the Heisman, but we'll be back next week to discuss uh, more stuff. We're also going to get our bowl bonanza going probably Monday, maybe Wednesday. I don't know. We'll start with the following weekend. We get they some start of the, Friday the 16th. Right. You get like New Mexico Bowl and some stuff. Uh, New Mexico's been bumped down the ladder. We get they oh. got two of them on Friday night now, so New Mexico's like the third or fourth game. Wow, I'm, I'm kind of sad for the New Mexico mm. Bowl. I heard they had to cancel one of the Frisco Bowls, which isn't yeah. in San Francisco, but Frisco, Texas. So that was sad. Pour one out for the second Frisco Bowl. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. All right, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week.